In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning to you. A blessed second Sunday of Advent. The word Advent means arrival or coming. Advent, then, is a season of preparation for the arrival of Jesus. His arrival, of course, in the manger, which we'll celebrate on Christmas, during Christmas. His arrival, as we see in our lessons and Cox, his arrival at the end of the age, and his arrival on the altar. In every Holy Eucharist, the Lord comes into our midst he arrives, we receive his very body and blood into our bodies and souls. What do we say? Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He who arrives in the name of the Lord. And as we heard in the exhortation last week, that was that long thing that I read at the beginning of the service. The exhortation references Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 11, which tells us that we need to encounter, we need to prepare to encounter the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. So every single service, every single activity of the church has a little Advent in it. There's moments of preparation. Christ has come. Christ will come again. His first advent and his second advent. But let us not forget that Christ is coming. He is arriving in the Christian year, and he is ever arriving in our lives. Jesus is going to show up. He will arrive, and we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss out on the day of his visitation. Thus, in this season, we are learning to prepare our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to believe. At Christmas, you will sing not necessarily in the service. I don't know what songs Eric is doing. This isn't a passive-aggressive way to get something on, on your list. But I'm assuming at some point you will sing Joy to the World, the Lord is... Come, I just got the thumbs up. <laughs> the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. The Lord is coming, but whether or not you greet with joy the coming of Jesus, as the colic says, will depend on whether or not you're ready. What's the next line of the song? Let every 
prepare him room. That's Advent. Preparing room in our hearts for the Lord is the heart of this season. I've run a lot of races, literal races from 5Ks to marathons. And I've ran races in which I was prepared and ones where I was not. It's the same event, if you will. It's 26.2 miles. It's an exciting environment. There's tens of thousands of people. But that same event is a completely different experience depending on my state of readiness. Another example. Two people could go to the same opera. One is a trained musician, fluent in Italian, can follow the story, can pick out all the different musical parts, can hear even the most subtle instruments in the orchestra. For him, it is truly symphonic. You know someone like that. The other just shows up, no clue what language it's in, hoping it's in English, not a reasonable hope if you're going to the opera. Doesn't bother to read a synopsis. What is this about? Listens to Taylor Swift almost exclusively. You also know this person. For him, it was a cacophony. It was aesthetically weird and a bunch of noise. Same event, completely different experience. One more example. Okay, shuttle launch, which you don't actively participate in that. Most of us, some of us might. But even if you want to see the shuttle launch, you have to prepare, don't you? You have to know when it is, and you have to know where you are in relationship to Cape Canaveral so that you can look in the right direction, namely east. If you don't, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. And in the spiritual life, if you don't have ears to hear, you don't have eyes to see, a heart to believe. Even if Jesus is right in front of you, he's in our midst. You'll miss him. You won't recognize him. I love, and by love I mean hate, when people say, how did the people in the Bible who were with Jesus, who saw Jesus, how could they not believe? If I was there, I would have. Read the Gospels. Lots of people saw God in the flesh, but didn't recognize him. Many saw him crucified, but most did not in that moment see what was happening. They saw with physical eyes, but they did not see with the eye of their souls. You see, we need ears to hear in order to recognize the Lord's voice. We need eyes to see so that we can recognize his hand, his work 
in our lives. Jesus is going to arrive afresh. He is going to do wonders among us. So like the Israelites, who before crossing the Jordan River into the Promised Land were told by Joshua, consecrate yourselves, we also must prepare. We must prepare. And this preparation, by the way, is not done in our own strength, but the Lord's. It is by His life, His strength, His power, His grace, that our hearts are tuned to sing His grace, as the hymn says. We are made ready by the Lord, for the Lord, by cooperation with grace. We cooperate with grace. In prayer, scripture, fellowship, sacrament, and yes, repentance. Repentance. If you'll allow me for a moment to talk a little Anglican inside baseball. But there's conversation, you know, people go back and forth in the Anglican world on whether or not Advent is a penitential season. So some treat it like a mini Lent, and others argue that it's not penitential at all, any more so than the rest of the Christian year. Well, to the latter, I would say, and I would try to be charitable when I say it, the, the colics and the lessons, if you pay attention to the prayers that we're praying, the scriptures that we're reading, they seem to be emphasizing repentance. And by seem, I mean they are. There's also this emphasis on eschatology, last things. Heaven, hell, death, judgment. Those things are in Advent. Moreover, the prominent figure in Advent, besides the Lord, is who? John the Baptist, who administered a baptism of repentance, who is preparing the way by doing what? He's crying out in the wilderness, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So part of our preparation is repentance. But we need to take a biblical view of repentance, which is holistic. It has it's both positive and it's both negative and positive. And often the positive aspects of repentance are overlooked in the life of the church. So I do understand those that push back against conceiving of Advent as penitential. Because Advent isn't, this is what Advent is not. Jesus is coming. He's really angry. Get your act together so that he's not as angry with you. That's not what Advent is. That's missing it. First off, God's judgment does include necessarily 
the punishing and vanquishing of evil. If Batman, to use our own modern low-tier mythologies, if Batman is going to bring justice and security to Gotham, he's going to have to deal with the Joker. It's part of it, of putting things right, is dealing with what's wrong. But the primary thrust of judgment is salvific. It's about rescue and salvation. In today's Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 11, it says of God, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. With righteousness he shall judge the poor. Does that mean that God is going to round up the poor among his children and scold them? Is that the thrust of this text? No, it means that in keeping with his covenant faithfulness, he's going to save them. He's going to rescue them. And he's going to deal with those who would devour widows' houses. The judges in the Old Testament. Read the book of Judges? What were they? What was Deborah, for example? Was Deborah like an ancient Judge Judy? What were they? They were saviors. Small s. They were, the judges were those who God raised up to rescue Israel from her enemies. Second, and if you understand this, it will revolutionize, not just intellectually, but in your art, it, it will revolutionize your walk with the Lord. The call to repentance is rooted in the love and mercy of God. If God was out to get you, he just would be silent. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. He would just let things take their course. No, but he, he, sent, he gives us Holy Scripture. He sends the prophets to preach repentance. How does the collect begin? What are we attributing to God? Merciful God, who did send thy messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance. In kindness, God calls us to repentance, and it is his kindness which leads us to repentance. Again, the wages of sin is death. The broad road leads to destruction. There is no life apart from God, apart from Jesus, because Jesus Christ is life. So is it unloving? If the wages of sin is death, if the broad road leads to destruction, is it unloving for God to offer us the cure for our sickness? Is it unloving for God to offer us a new and better path? Is it unloving for you to honk at someone who's driving the wrong way on a one-way street? In Hebrew, the word repentance means turning from the wrong path 
to the right path. In Greek, there's a different etymological emphasis in the grammar. It's, it means a change of mind, a transformation of the mind. So repentance, yes, of course it includes sorrow for sin. There's a place for mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, right? My fault, my own fault, my own grievous fault. But it is also this call for your mind to be renewed. To set your mind on things above. To fix your eyes on Jesus, the eye of your soul on Jesus. So perhaps we could think of Advent instead of you're going to the principal's office, get your story straight. Advent is much more like, wake up! Get out of bed. Get outside. Look east. You're going to miss the launch. It's calling you to an abundant life in Christ. The analogy breaks down a little bit because it's not an event for which we're waiting. We're, we're preparing to meet afresh and come to know in, in a new and more profound way, a person. A person. Jesus is coming. And we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss out on all that God wants to do in and through us this year. So let us prepare, brothers and sisters, or we will. I mean, look, we, we live, and you know this, we live in a noisy world. We live in an age of endless distraction. So how will you hear God's still, small voice? if you never stop to listen? How will you know his voice when you hear it? If you're not formed by Holy Scripture. How will you see the beauty of the gospel on Christmas? Because we're, we're, we're preparing to celebrate the arrival of Jesus in the manger. How will you see the beauty of the gospel in Christmas? How will you exult in it if you don't spend any time between now and then reflecting upon the mystery of the word become flesh? That God became man. How will there be room for Jesus in your heart if it's cluttered with love for the things of this world or with anxiety or worry about everything that you have to do.
Brothers and sisters, let us prepare. Let us allow the Holy Spirit of God to prepare us for the arrival of our Lord. Let us cooperate with grace so that our ears can hear the beautiful symphony of the gospel, so that our eyes can see the truth, and so that our hearts can receive afresh the goodness, mercy, and love of the one who arrives, even Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen.